Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to have a little trouble with this thing. I'm a bit tall. Um, I want to uh, not talk about DNA, which most of you know. I thought I'd talk uh, about how I became interested in, in what I do. Now, when I was, was young, um, my parents gave me an encyclopedia to read. It wasn't really an encyclopedia. It was a children's encyclopedia. It came out in weekly parts. And I read it all because there were all sorts of subjects, uh, history and literature and science. I think I enjoyed the science most. And I used to look forward to the next installment coming. And therefore, it wasn't too surprising that I decided at an early age I ought to be a scientist. But there was one little problem that worried me, and I confided in this to my mother, and I said, uh, but when I grow up, won't everything have been discovered? <laughs> and fortunately, she reassured me and said, don't you worry, there'll be plenty left to discover. In case any of you are worrying, I'll tell you there's still plenty left to be discovered. Um, I won't go through my career, because you heard a little bit of it a moment ago, except to say that during the war, I worked in the British Admiralty on, on magnetic and acoustic mines. That was the Second World War. Uh, but when the end of the war came, I really didn't want to go on doing that sort of thing. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to do scientific research, but my first problem was to know, well, would I be any good at it? Because I'd hardly done anything up to then. I'd been uh, doing developing weapons and things of that sort, which is more engineering than scientific research. Well, I asked a few friends, and in particular I asked a, a, fr a younger friend of mine, uh, George Kreisel, now distinguished mathematical logician. I said, well, uh, do you think, uh, how would I get on? And he thought a bit and he said, well, he said, um, I've known a lot of people more stupid than you have done well at it. <laughs> so that, dis that encouraged, I decided, um, I decided to try and look, do some scientific research. But my next problem was, what should I do? What type of research? Because really what I knew about scientifically, I had a first degree in physics, amounted to very little. The very useful, I was in my, about 30 now, but in, in the productive years of the 20s and so on, I hadn't been building up a lot of expertise, as many as you will do, and I could therefore choose to whatever I liked in science. I could go into a new field. Well, as the 60s generation found, having a wide choice doesn't always make it easier. And I puzzled for some time, for some months, as to what it was I would go into. And then one day, because I had some friends who were naval officers, I noticed that I was telling them about certain things, about certain antibiotics and so on, with some enthusiasm. And it occurred to me, well, you, you know nothing about this. You don't know really the basic chemistry, and you don't know what they're doing and all that kind of thing. And I realized, essentially, I was gossiping. Now, this was a very remarkable discovery for me because I realized that what you're interested in is what you gossip about. And as it were, you can find out in some ways what your real interests are. One of the themes I think you've heard of the speakers here is that you should try and find out what it is that you really want to do and what you can do with some degree of commitment and passion. Now, I wanted to be a scientist, but of course I didn't know quite what sort of scientist, and I imagine that might be the same if you're a musician. 
you might be know, know that what you wanted to do in your life was music, but you didn't know quite whether you wanted to be a composer or conductor or what instrument to play, and so on. Well, with this test, I felt I had a way of going through this, this jungle of indecision, and then I narrowed it down to two areas. And I narrowed it down by trying to ask myself, what is a really important scientific problem, even if it appears rather impossible, and why not go into an area like that? And I found what, for me, were two areas. One was the borderline between the living and the non-living, what we now call molecular biology, and the other was the problem of consciousness, how our brains work, how our memory works, and in particular, what do we mean by consciousness. After some struggling, I decided, well, I really knew more about the first subject. I had a better background, and I was embarrassed to find that I was then offered a job in it. But I said, look, last week you decided that you want to go into this living, non-living thing, I was offered a job, you see, in working on the eye in neurobiology. I said, you must stick to what you decided, and I did. So I started again at the age of 31. I got a, a studentship. I became a graduate student again. I was actually a graduate student when Jim Watson and I discovered the double helix of DNA, and I had a little help from my, my family. Well, that's essentially, I think, what I want to say. I would merely say that uh, now we should perhaps review the subjects I'm interested in. The last 10 years, I've been interested in how the brain works. That is a subject in a rather primitive state. It hasn't got very far. Molecular biology, on the other hand, has become a well-developed, sophisticated subject advancing very rapidly. And in between is the problem of embryology, which I'm also somewhat interested in, how you build a hand. That'll probably go quite rapidly. So we should also look at the fields you're interested in and seeing how fast they're going. I'm not really sure that this advice helps you very much, but maybe you'll find some of it which applies in your own case. Thank you.